0: You know, today we celebrate the memorial of St. Nicholas. He was born in 270. That's a long time ago, right? In Pataram, Lycia in Asia Minor, to wealthy Christian parents. They died when he was very young, so he was raised by an uncle who was a monk. So this life with this religious community led him to the priesthood. And he became the Bishop of Myra. It's modern day in southwestern Turkey. But he was a a bold defender of Christ during the Council of Nicaea. He died December 6th in the year 343. So a long time ago. But you know, very little is known about the historical Saint Nicholas. The earliest counts of his life were written centuries after his death. And certainly there are many um, legendary elaborations, if you will. And one of the earliest attested and probably most famous incidents from his life entails a man who had three daughters. But the father couldn't afford to... um, provide a proper dowry for them, meaning that they would remain unmarried and probably, in the absence of any other possible employment, be forced into a life that would be immoral and probably illegal. So hearing of the girl's plight, Nicholas decided to help them. So he was too modest to help the family in public or to save them from the humiliation of accepting charity. So what did he do? Nicholas went to the house, their house, under the cover of night, and he threw a purse filled with gold coins through the window opening in the house, into the house. He did this for three, two nights or three, um, he did it's for three nights in a row, giving the man a total of three bags of gold, one for each one of his three daughters. And legend has it that on the third night, the father of these three girls, he stayed up and caught St. Nicholas in the act of this charity. And so the father fell to his knees thanking him. And Nicholas ordered him not to tell anyone about this gift. And so thus began the tradition of St. Nicholas secretly giving gifts to children. Now you know the rest of the story. (laughs) You know, here we are in the season of Advent once again. A season bringing you and me, all of us, new possibilities, a time for hopeful expectation. I don't know how you've been spending this first week of Advent. I, you know, I don't know. But I think it's, it's a time to ponder the question, what do you expect? The season goes on for another three and a half weeks. We don't want to get into celebrating Christmas right yet because it's not here. So in these next three weeks or so, it's a season of hopeful expectation. What do you expect? What do you expect? What's your own personal expectation? Or maybe we can perhaps use this question to ponder. Do you and I expect miracles in our lives? Do you expect miracles in your life? Truly. As a person of faith, do you expect miracles in your life? You know, some people think that Advent is just about waiting for Christmas. But it's not. It's about expectation, not waiting. Waiting is a little bit passive. We just kind of sit there and wait. We just wait for Christmas to come. This is not what this is about. To expect something is to hope with this great conviction for that which we believe will come true. In other words, I expect to receive and to experience that for which I deeply long but if there's no longing then how can we expect anything and then I trust that the Lord will give me what I need most you know as I mentioned in this Advent podcast that I did last week it was posted last Saturday I think The Advent attitudes of waiting, hoping, anticipating, and expecting somehow or or something new somehow speaks to the deepest desires of the human heart. You know, the world as, as we know it is filled with so many wonderful things and experiences, right? Many deep joys and satisfactions, but we all know that nothing here in this world truly and finally satisfies us. How do we know that? Because we still want more worldly things. That's how we know that. So we know that the world doesn't satisfy our longings. We know deep in our hearts that there's always something more. And as people of faith, we know, we know that God always has much more for us. There are those miracles awaiting us. Do we expect them? Do we ask for them? You know, both readings today speak of miracles. The first reading expresses what miracles will happen with the coming of the Messiah. We heard these words, Lebanon shall be changed into an orchard. The orchard be regarded as a forest. The deaf shall hear the words of a book. Out of gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind shall see. The lowly will find joy in the Lord, and the poor rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. That's a miraculous turnaround of events for the people of Israel. The gospel story also reveals a miracle from the Messiah who has come. The story of the blind men is an Advent story. That's why it's in Advent. Two blind men longing, perhaps, and waiting for Jesus to pass by. And when he did, the blind men followed him, crying out, Son of David, have pity on us. They were desiring a miracle. They were sharing their deepest desires, their hopeful expectation for a miracle. And Jesus, Jesus wanted to fulfill their deepest desire. Something more than just giving them physical sight. This is a miracle not about physical sight. That's a little small part of it. Physical sight is a worldly gift. It's a worldly gift. Jesus asked them if they had faith, didn't he? Do you have faith? Do you have faith? He said to them, do you believe that I can do this? Yes, Lord, they said to him. These blind men were sharing their hopeful expectation. A true advent moment. And in this healing, the blind men received far more than a physical healing. They received spiritual sight. Something that came from the deepest desires of their hearts, whether they realized it or not, maybe that wasn't their expectation. Maybe their expectation was only physical sight, something that 's worldly. And perhaps the miracle, if it 's not just that they got that, but they got more, they got far more than what they asked for. They got spiritual sight, spiritual sight because we all know that mere physical sight would have never satisfied the longing of their human hearts. But spiritual sight will. Friends, this was an Advent moment. This was a miracle of salvation in the the lives of these two blind men. You know, if we think about ourselves, you know, we are people... We are people whom God has greatly invested in. I mean, when was the last time you thought about how much God has invested in you? Think about that. How much God has invested in each one of you? Think about that. Maybe that's what you can think about and pray about over the rest of these three weeks of Advent. How much God has invested in you. I don't, I'm not sure people think about how much God has invested in us. But he has. And you know what? God has invested everything in you. Everything. in taking on human flesh and coming among us. Jesus is our sign that God has not and will not give up on us. He has invested everything in us. Jesus is the first miracle for all of us. But the miracles have not ended with his birth. This is clearly seen in the gospel. So celebrating the season of Advent helps you and me to live deeply in hopeful expectation. It helps us to live with true expectant faith, expecting new miracles like those blind men, knowing that the miracles of Jesus haven't ended for people who have this same faith. So my friends, we pray these words, Lord Jesus, even though I can see, we often feel spiritually blind. Open our eyes to your reality so that we may be humble disciples of your kingdom. Lord Jesus, increase our faith in you and in your power over all the events and activities of our lives. Give us the grace to live this season of Advent with true, true joyful expectation, knowing that you desire to make all things new in our lives. Amen.